Chapter six of The Old Ladies by Hugh Walpole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter six Agatha Secretly. On the following evening, Agatha Payne entered Mrs. Amherst's room and asked her whether she would light the tree again. She did so, but the candles were now very low. They flickered up in wild and despairing flares. One caught a branch and must at once be extinguished. The two ladies sat there watching the death of the tree. It was Christmas night and very silent. The ladies said very little to one another, and at last Agatha Payne, with a husky good night, vanished. Agatha's soul was like a house of many stories. In youth she had lived in the top story, attic in shape, but with a truly fine view from the windows. Here there had been light, air, and fine prospects then as the years passed she moved down on to the middle floor where she was exercised about the furniture of the bedroom and held elegant receptions in the drawing-room after the middle years she moved definitely on to the ground floor and lived during a great part of her time in the dining-room nibbling at the crystallized cherries squeezing the pears on their china dish and slipping into her mouth the chocolate almonds there was no view from the dining-room windows but the first time she stumbled down over the dark stone steps into the cellars was one day after her husband's death when her sister-in-law came to visit her she hated her sister-in-law because her sister-in-law was afraid of her she hated and despised her so she pushed her down the cellar stairs in front of her made her scream showed her the dank dark place and hauled her up again for herself, she saw that there were things in the cellar that interested her, rows of dusty wine bottles, spider's webs, and broken furniture. She came to live down there almost entirely. Of course, there was no view at all. This was her own house, and nobody else lived in it at all, but in the house on Pentaby Square there were several other lodgers living deep in her own cellar with her fish and her colored cards she had not been until now aware of the life beyond her lucy amorous a shade and behind that shadow others yet more shadowy she was vaguely conscious of desires but deep down in her cellar she had grown unaccustomed to the full light she was uncertain of the division between reality and unreality nor did she greatly care old people when they are happy and contented are the spectators of life they sit and watch with smiles on their faces and hands happily folded but let them feel that they have not had enough out of life that life has treated them ill that there is still time to snatch a valuable or two and they will plunge into the melee cap awry hair disordered and will as likely as not make a pretty scene of terror and dismay before death with his bony fingers leads them out of the battle agatha payne had for many a day now been a spectator only of her own emotions and atmosphere now in a flash the thin bony body of may beringer and her piece of red amber were in front of her tugging at her dragging her out of her lethargy and idleness possessing all that was left of her imagination and lustful desires it was after that christmas eve and the lighting of the tree that the whole forces of her spirit began once again to move 
she thirsted for a continuation of that pleasure that was so sharp in its apprehension that it was a lust she wanted something she must have it she must have that piece of red amber she must have it not only because she wished that her eyes should be able to rest on it whenever they desired to do so but also because she wished that it should be hers hers body and soul she wanted that response from it that you only get when you are master she wished that when she put her hands about its cold smooth surface she could feel that its heart was beating at her touch and that it knew that it belonged to her and to her alone she must have it and she would get it because mrs amherst who was coming into money and would be very rich would buy it for her from may Beringer. and if may Beringer would not sell it here again the second impulse of her excitement she had in the first view not disliked the woman she had had no very active feelings concerning her then she had perceived that the woman was afraid of her as the rabbit is to the snake as the sparrow is to the hawk as the mouse is to the cat so was timidity to agatha Payne she was not take her life from first to last a cruel woman she had in the first periods of it done kindly actions she could admire she understood loyalty she remembered brave deeds but did any one cringe to her did she detect fear in the eyes raised to her then a savage satisfaction warmed her heart and the stir of persecution crept into her eyes even then she did not actually intend cruelty she felt a scorn for any coward and when added to the scorn there was irritation it was natural enough that it should be sharp and contemptuous after that curiosity had led her forward was anybody so true a coward as that could their fear lead them to such subterfuges if she did this would their action be that of what stuff could they be made that was in her younger days for a number of years now she had not moved sufficiently into the outer world to encounter new personalities neither mrs amherst nor mrs bloxham feared her she was also moving in her cellar ever deeper and deeper into the dusk it was hard for her to see now because of the shadows her curiosity was less active than her desire to satisfy her thirsts and hungers when she lusted for the red amber it was because she wished to draw it into herself she sat like a spider lazily in the centre of a web that had grown up around her rather than been actually created by her she would draw may Beringer into the centre of it and eat her up did she not let her have that piece of red amber but she bore may Beringer no ill-will she only lazily despised her then as the days passed her consciousness was aroused more actively and she began to hate her she hated her for the noise that her slippers made for the way that she sniffed and would not use her handkerchief but especially for her nervous bye-bye with which she always ended their meetings bye-bye 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 bleating like a sheep and what a thing for a lady to say and if say it she must why not bravely and with spirit instead of that timid unctuous eagerness agatha back in her room after a visit would stand looking at her fish at miranda and the cards would stamp her foot and mutter bye-bye 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 idiot 
she hated too may beringer's dog as crawling and sycophantic as its mistress she stood glowering at it casting spells over it wishing it evil and the dog knew standing there with its head down shivering giving her once and again a supplicating glance so during these wet muggy january days she made it her habit to pay may beringer visits she went because the red amber irresistibly drew her she must see it every day and if possible twice a day and soon she went because she wished to see that terrified glance flash into may beringer's eyes she liked to see it there it should be there permanently before she had done with her old mrs payne was looking mrs bloxham declared ten years younger on the other hand she did not forget lucy amorist or perhaps to speak truly lucy amorist's money she was vague about mrs amorist's money as she was about everything in the outside world some one must die before it became mrs amorist's but somebody would die very soon she had only to look at the cards to allow them to trickle through her fingers to rattle onto the table to perceive clearly how soon somebody would die and then there was the old woman with more money than she could use she would appear at mrs amorist's door a tall and shapeless and silent staring it was generally in the early dusk of the winter afternoon and often in these days the rain trickled the window panes and rustled about the coals mrs amorist would be reading her book she would look up and see the tall old woman there she was not afraid of mrs payne but since she had realized may beringer's alarm she had been aware of a sort of uncertainty a discomfort a hesitation she felt now a purpose in agatha payne's visits the woman was after something but what there was nothing that mrs amorist had that could attract her and yet there she was wanting something she wished too to be friendly when mrs amorous looked up she saw her leaning against the post of the door smiling in a grim strange way come and sit down dear mrs amorous would say laying her book on the table and in her lumping clumsy fashion agatha payne would shift to a chair and overflow into it on a certain january afternoon of storm and rain it seemed that she had made up her mind to something she stared with her motionless black eyes for some while before speaking then at last she broke out how's your cousin lucy mrs amorist startled raised her snow-white head my cousin yes the one who's dying and leaving you his money oh agatha i don't know whether he's really leaving me his money i oughtn't to have said anything about it nonsense agatha's voice rumbled out why shouldn't you say something if he promised it to you he promised it to you but he didn't promise it he was only being kind for the moment and i've never seen him since i am afraid that he is very ill indeed i do wish that i could see him he has a housekeeper who doesn't like me i'm afraid oh doesn't she agatha's eyes stared why doesn't she i don't know i don't think i like her either but he did promise it to you yes he said that when he died mrs amorist broke in agatha don't you think there's something rather dreadful in our talking about money like this when we're both so old 
you know we're both over seventy and although we don't talk of it often nor think of it either perhaps yet sometime one must remember that one can only have a few more years to live aren't you ever afraid of death agatha agatha payne raised her head as though she were trying to see more distinctly through the dusk of a darkening room we can have twenty years yet she said hoarsely you're strong and i'm strong mrs bloxham had a little girl who died when she was five what's the good of thinking about it we ought to think of it i'm sure said mrs amherst vigorously not in an unwholesome way of course but as though we were going from one country into another and we must give an account of ourselves god will know all and if it were not for his infinite mercy our danger would be great indeed his love i like to think of his love there was a long silence between them the coals clicked in the grate the rain stroked the windows at last agatha payne said what would you do with the money lucy if you did get it do with it mrs amorous started she had been dreaming i would find my boy and make him comfortable oh your boy mrs payne snorted would you lend me some of it lend you some why of course mrs payne smiled you're a good creature lucy but i'd do the same for you have you seen miss barringer's fine-coloured piece on the mantelpiece that pretty thing yes i told her how greatly i admired it i don't know what an old woman like her is doing with it she can't appreciate it she likes it said mrs amherst because her greatest friend gave it to her and that's a very good reason agatha payne got up she yawned then she shuffled to the door she seemed already to have forgotten her companion she went without speaking but that night she asked may barringer to come in and drink a cup of tea with her may barringer came although dearly would she have liked to refuse for one thing she hated old mrs payne's room it smelt to her graveyardy she was sure that the windows were never opened for another pip would not pass that threshold nor that mrs payne wanted him to do so she hated the dog and quite frankly said so but the dog would not have gone had all the bones and biscuits from the dog's paradise been held in front of his nose his terror of mrs payne was something curious to witness and dreadfully distressing to his mistress who had never seen him like that with any one before long before the old woman's tall figure appeared in the doorway he knew that she was coming he would raise his head his eyes would sharpen his gaze would be fixed on the door when she entered it he would crawl under the chair his spirit would be broken by her presence all this did not cause may barringer herself to like the lady the better but she was in any case a weak creature and when she was afraid she was pitiful we are so largely the playthings of fate in our fears to one fear of the dark to another of physical pain to a third of public ridicule to a fourth of poverty to a fifth of loneliness for all of us our own particular creature lurks in ambush nor is it our choice of place or creature 
there was nothing in the world that may berenger did not fear but behind all her terrors there was a strange determined obstinacy as a girl at school it had been discovered by other girls that you could terrify torture have all the fun of your life by resolved and calculated persecution and then in a moment when you least expected it up would come this obstinacy this martyr determination often enough some tiny thing called it forth she would yield with shrieks of terror to demand after demand and then at the last over a pin a cloud in the sky a falling leaf she would stand up and act joan the martyr to the end of time it depends after all on what you have in your eye for one it is a seat in the house of parliament for another a lop-eared rabbit for another a ship at sea for another a shadow on a green field for another quails in aspic for few the welcoming light in a friend's eye for fewer yet the resting of god's hand upon the shoulder for may berenger it was the memory of jane betts here her brain moved curiously because in some odd way she connected agatha payne with jane because she never analyzed anything she did not track this down but dimly in her distressed mind it came to this that agatha payne wanted to take jane away from her but that was absurd because agatha scarcely knew that jane had ever existed and yet there it was that was the way that may felt about it she realized that agatha payne was paying her visits twice daily and that there was some reason for these she did not as yet connect them with the piece of red amber she had been twice to mrs payne's room and against her will she had felt quite faint there as though some one were trying to strangle her she had hated the gloom the half-light the green picture with the fish she never knew what to say to mrs payne she trickled a conversation on ordinary occasions but here words deserted her she always felt at her worst here and overwhelmed with apprehension apprehension of everything but especially of being without any money at all quite alone in the world dying of starvation forgotten in the room in pontoby square sitting in mrs payne's room she would see this vision and twist her bony hands together on her lap struggling with the agony of it she could not think why this old woman asked her to come when she disliked her as she did disliked her there was never any question of that the malevolent look that she caught sometimes in mrs payne's eye was witness enough to-night mrs payne showed more plainly than ever she had done before her intentions she brewed the tea very strong and dark laid out the two plates with the sweet biscuits and then sitting up at the table and letting the cards fall through her fingers said i don't want to be impertinent miss berenger but do tell me of your plans oh i don't know said may berenger cracking and uncracking her fingers i really don't know it's so difficult to say isn't it how can one truly know i hope to find some work very shortly what kind of work asked mrs payne companion to some lady perhaps some old lady you know who can't look after herself some one too old to really care for herself these old women thought agatha payne strange creatures never realize they are old lucy amorous just the same think they'll go on forever 
she looked at may beringer in her faded green dress and cheap string of coral beads with her untidy hair and large nose and was at that glance so strangely irritated that two of the fish came out of the tank and swam slowly lazily about the room she would like to do that silly old woman a mischief apart altogether from the piece of red amber yes she would she would like to put her rough strong hands about that skinny neck and squeeze it oh she would she offered may beringer another sweet biscuit and said kicking her heel in the air but those jobs are rather hard to find you know and you're not as strong as you were may beringer at the bare mention of the words felt a shoot of pain through her limbs and said no that's quite true but i'm very hale and hearty still still quite strong if the work were not too arduous would you sell that piece of red amber you have if things went badly oh no i shouldn't like to sell that i shall never sell it it was given to me by my best friend my best friend gave it to me but if you had to sell it i would rather starve i would indeed i would rather die of hunger it is certainly a beautiful piece yes isn't it but it is because my great friend gave it to me that i value it if she hadn't given it me i shouldn't value it so much no i dare say not you lived in exeter didn't you in your youth yes may beringer sighed as though she were relieved at being in safety again i was very fond of exeter i wouldn't like to live in exeter said agatha vigorously too sleepy oh it wasn't sleepy in my time i assure you said may beringer not sleepy at all no indeed there was so much going on all sorts of things were always happening really said agatha ironically i wouldn't have thought it what kind of things oh i don't know said may beringer vaguely meeting one's friends and concerts and in the summer we had picnics picnics said agatha scornfully yes beautiful picnics they were too we used to have the moor so close to us and on a fine day she had a strange sense while they were talking all about nothing that she would fall asleep were she not careful her head was already nodding it was because agatha payne's eyes were fixed upon her so persistently the room went round and round then agatha said something that woke her very sufficiently do you know when you're going to die may beringer's eyes stared to die oh no do you want to know no i don't i don't want to think about it oh you're a coward agatha was slipping the cards swiftly through her fingers so that they were like live things no i'm not may beringer was close to tears but i don't want to think of it it's not a thing you want to think of why not it's coming some time that's certain it's better for many take yourself now if your money gives out and you don't get a job what are you going to do i don't want to think of it indeed i don't but you ought to think of it you ought to make provision who will you leave your things to my things yes your odds and ends that piece of amber for instance oh i hadn't thought of it poor may beringer all these forebodings that so resolutely she kept away from her were now crowding in haven't you made a will agatha asked rattling her cards like pistols no it didn't seem worth while well i should make a will at once you never know what will happen 
there was a little pause and then agatha said again you'd better know when you're going to die try the cards they'll tell you oh no may beringer shrank back in her chair i shouldn't like that at all i shouldn't approve of that i don't think we're meant to know oh yes we are agatha's black eyes never left may beringer's face here draw your chair up to the table i'll show you i'd really rather not thank you i have rather had a if, if you'll excuse me nonsense it will interest you come and have a look you've never seen cards done the way i do them i'd really rather not come along now in another moment may beringer was sitting up straight and stiff beside the table opposite her propped up against the wall miranda with unblinking eyes watched them agatha payne dealt out the cards they lay in rows of six on the cloth nothing there she said swept them up shuffled and dealt again may beringer stared with agonized intensity there they are six of clubs queen of clubs four of diamonds ah this is you just as i thought eight of spades why am i eight of spades may beringer asked it isn't you who are the eight of spades it is the combination with the other cards you're in danger in danger may echoed feebly yes they show it quite distinctly i'll deal some more four of hearts five of diamonds knave of clubs yes there you are don't you see ten of spades the ten with the knave of clubs and five of diamonds you're threatened by something very serious indeed oh dear said may beringer drawing back from the table as though she were afraid that she would contaminate herself by touching the cards this isn't right really it isn't i think i'll go to bed if you don't mind agatha put her hand on her arm wait a minute let's see some more we're just coming to the exciting part she made a little pile of cards a dozen on top of one another and then she dealt another row of six there you are she said as the eight of spades appeared isn't it extraordinary you're in luck tonight they're coming out well now let's see she took a card the king of clubs from the pile then another the three of spades yet another the six of spades all black she said stroking her lip that settles it settles what asked may beringer according to the cards you have about a month to live of course there may be nothing in it still it's an odd thing it's wicked may beringer cried trembling all over as she rose from the table it's absolutely wicked you should not do such things mrs payne they aren't right they're against religion mrs payne grimly smiled i haven't much use for religion if you ask me she said you should make your will you should indeed but may beringer had on occasion courage she pulled herself together drew herself up and said with great dignity good night mrs payne and thank you for a very pleasant evening but in her own room when her door was closed she caught pip to her breast and holding him tightly burst into a flood of agitated tears End of chapter six